0: Hey there, Hustlers, and welcome to another episode of the Corporate Side Hustler Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to choose the right online coach. And our guest speaker, Megan, is going to help us with this discussion. Now, Megan lives about 45 minutes west of Philly, and she has a background in critical theory, which means she looks at persuasive language within a subculture and the groups that she's looking at now and has inserted herself into the online coaching space. Lots of stuff is happening right now, and most consumers aren't quite sure how to navigate that space, even if they've hired a coach before, which is why Megan is going to break down the three things that you should be thinking about when you are choosing your next coach. Let's dive in.
1: Hey, Meg, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I'm happy to be here. We
0: are happy to dive into this because, man, I wish I knew you back then when I was trying to figure out my right coach when I was first starting out. And I shared a little bit about who you are in the beginning, but I would love for my listeners to hear from you. Who are you and what do you do and who do you serve? All that kind of good stuff.
1: Thank you for that compliment. I wish I had me at the beginning of my online business journey too, because <laughs> it was a really rocky start. So my name's Megan, and I live outside of the Philadelphia area. I'm 45 minutes outside of the city, and I have three doggies. I have my master's degree in critical theory, which basically means that I look at persuasive language within a subculture to see if it's effective or not. And right now I'm looking at and have inserted myself into the online coaching world because it allows me to express myself and help other women really get what they need in their businesses. So there's so often we're starting businesses because we see our friends doing it, or we know Mm -hmm. that we have a special skill, expertise, or hobby that could help somebody else. And it could be a fun side hustle, right? And trying to figure out the Instagram world, the social media world, where do we even begin? I began personally by hiring an online coach, but I had no criteria when I did that. And I ultimately hired someone who wasn't right for me. And I went on to repeat that process multiple times and realized, hold the phone. I'm not the only woman struggling with this.
0: hundred percent. So yep. I
1: pivoted my business model to help women choose the right online coach so that you can finally live up to your potential and create what it is that you're meant to create.
0: And what I, I, well, first, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for just being honest to be like, hey, I hired the potentially wrong coach and I repeated that process. And the one key thing that I, picked up on that I wanted to make sure that we even stretch a little bit further is the fact that you then created a built, uh, you built a business based off something that felt right to you, something that felt good to you and really inserting your personality versus doing the things that everyone else is doing. And I honestly can say, that's what drew me into you. Like, I still remember the exact reel that I watched of you where you were just kind of sharing, like, I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing. Like, I want to show up in a way that feels right and connect the people that are going to be connected with me. And. And I think there's so much beauty in being able to say, hey, when everyone else is zigging, I'm actually going to zag because I don't want to do all the other things. I want to figure out what's the one thing I want to do and do it super well.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I love how you put that because I am zagging when everybody else is zigging. And I don't want to be that carbon copy person who is just regurgitating information that I learned from others. I really wanted to develop a unique perspective and help other women develop a unique perspective for themselves as well for what they want in their lives, in their businesses, and in a coach. And you don't even need to have a business to benefit from online coaching, right? You could be really happy in your current career, but maybe be feeling stuck in another area of your life. For example, I feature guests on my Instagram page every week. And I do that because there are so many online coaches that it's very hard to decide especially because some of the coaches are using ads and they're using language a lot about law of attraction, which I love. But the rhetoric goes something like, because you're seeing my post, it's right. I'm the right person for you. And that's not necessarily the case. Having a gut reaction is a really good feeling. But being able to balance that with practical decision-making skills about your true needs is really important. So I have someone coming up who's actually a woman who helps you organize your camera roll.
0: you
1: You might not have an online business, but you might be feeling extremely overwhelmed by your camera roll. You have kids, you have dogs, you want to send things to the grandparents. And so I try to feature a lot of diverse coaches who aren't just doing business stuff.
0: This is again, one of the reasons, many reasons why I'm seriously so glad that you and I are virtual besties because of that, because of the fact that I I have so many pictures on my phone. So the fact that you're even like marketing it that way of different niches, different backgrounds, just shows that dynamic. So I will be tuning in once you drop that person on your page. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Um,
0: <laughs> so one thing I think that will be really good for us to talk about that will help us kick off this topic on how to choose the right online coach and why is I think you and I both have similar stories where our first coach it wasn't that they were not nice. It wasn't that they didn't provide great value. They just didn't have the right the right solution, if you will, that we needed at that beginning of our business journey. And would love if you feel comfortable just sharing a little bit about that experience so that way we can dive into why we shouldn't rush just hiring the next coach that's in on our page all the time, maybe because of an ad or because someone else is promoting them.
1: Absolutely. So I actually started off in an online health business. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that my other career trajectory, which was high-end retail management, wasn't working for me. It was not sustainable. And I thought, well, okay, the least I can do is try. And if I try, then something will happen. And I'd heard about coaching. So I started following a few coaches. And again, I, I wasn't using discernment at the time and I didn't really have criteria, but I found someone who I really Enjoyed her IGTVs. She was very sassy. I just loved her energy and her vibe. And I thought, okay, wow, I would actually put the IGTVs on like while I was doing my makeup and stuff and always listening. And I decided one day, okay, I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to do this. Uh, This was about two years ago. And I bought a package on Black Friday and I bought the payment plan. So every two weeks, you know, money was going to come out. And I think the whole thing was going to be about $800. So I rushed myself. I wanted the transformation so badly that I thought, all right, I'm going to make the investment. Just like everybody says, we hear a lot about investing in ourselves. And in order to move forward at some level, we do need to invest in ourselves, whether that's eating better, working out better, or getting a better mentor for us. But once I got involved in the program. This person, and like you said, she wasn't a bad person. She's not a bad coach either. And for the record, I don't give out ratings and I don't mention names. Uh, Even when I share things on my Instagram stories, I I definitely am not mentioning names if I've had a negative experience. I did learn something from this person, but it wasn't what I signed up to learn, right? I didn't want a surprise lesson. She was teaching all about launching, but I didn't even have a product at that point. There was no preliminary sales calls to make sure that I was a good fit, and there were no accountability options after the class. Not to mention, she was teaching in the auditory learning style, which doesn't work for me. I need captions when someone's speaking, typically, or I like to read something, or you have to take notes. So I didn't get the most out of the program. And when the payments would go through automatically every two weeks, I started to really almost resent that person. Like, how did I get roped into this? But she didn't rope me in. it was my doing. And so my number one tip when you're looking for a new online coach is don't rush the process. I think clarity is overrated. So I want to add that. I think clarity gives us a false sense of power. We cling so hard to our clear vision that we don't allow room for it to evolve and develop, which is something that I was doing at the time. I really wanted that clarity and I I thought, okay, this person can help me get it. They can help me launch something, but there's so much more to it. And yeah, I definitely rushed at the beginning because I just wanted to be at point B already.
0: Well, Megan, I appreciate the way that you shared it and I appreciate how you shared it because the fact that you're not like, hey, don't hire this person. You're sharing that, hey, I went in because I was connected to them. I went in hoping for something, realizing that, hey, I actually don't even know what I want to do, but I know what I don't have is something to launch. And what's what's powerful about this is that you and I actually had a really deep conversation about this in the DMs, is that you weren't you walked away still unsure of what you wanted to do. And there are so many coaches, and I'm probably guilty of this too, that I use the buzzword of, well, make sure that it's you get that clarity that you need before you start. But I've been doing this for six and a half years, and my business has changed three times. And I think I'm even changing a little bit now going into 2021. So I don't necessarily think it's clarity. It's a, Hey, right now, this is what feels right for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to see what works, what doesn't work. And then I'm giving myself grace that if I pivot because it doesn't work, that's fine. But I'm not rushing in to say, this is the thing forever. And I think that's what you're saying. Correct.
1: That is what I'm saying. Exactly. I actually developed this concept from a book that I was reading by Carlos Castaneda, where he talks about Don Juan, the Yaqui Shaman. And Don Juan talks about the four enemies of knowledge, the first of them being fear. And so often we're very afraid that we're not going to transform and that we have to take, you know, this course that's coming up, or we have to work with this coach because they're closing the doors you know, people close the doors to put boundaries on their own life. You can't always be in the selling phase. You can't always be in the teaching phase. But it creates that exclusivity and the act now kind of feeling. So once we push through the fear, we become clear. We're like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. And then we feel really powerful. But the, the real power comes from continuing to try and being consistent and allowing ourselves to fail over and over and over again. If you're consistent, you're going to consistently fail. Yep. and also move forward at the same time and if you're an artist or a musician I'm sure that you can relate or working on anything at all consistently so I didn't just develop this clarity concept on my own it's definitely from <laughs> something that I was reading but yeah she was a great person I just didn't have my own set of criteria going into it and I Must say, I've probably written my bio, rewritten my bio about a thousand times by now. Same, same, same.
0: Which I, which is a good segue because you're saying it now. Like, can you talk a little bit more? Because I think that's something that you're really intentional about in helping your clients and students, which is how do you set your own criteria?
1: Right. So to set your own criteria, you need a few things. I go over some of those things in my free workbook, and those can be. Keywords that you develop based on your personality characteristics or what you're good at. So, for example, I wasn't really sure what my strengths were at the beginning of my business journey. I thought I knew, but then I kind of hit a wall. So, I started asking friends and family, What do you think my strengths are? And it was really interesting to hear what they had to say. So, at the back of the free workbook, there is a link to the strengths finder. It's actually a study.
0: I love that. um, Yep.
1: from the VIA Institute for Character Development, and it shows you your top 25 strengths. And even the ones on the bottom, those are still on your strengths list. So if anyone takes this quiz, don't look at it and think, oh no, like those are on the bottom. those I must be awful at those. There's something to be said for improving upon your natural strengths. That's how people go to the Olympics, right? They, they're improving yep. on the strength that they have. Yep. There's also something to be said for improving your, your weaknesses. But if you focus on your strengths, you can Really go far. And so that's part of the criteria is knowing what your strengths are and knowing some keywords that describe who you are. And then also looking at your coach's lifestyle and what they're sharing and thinking, is that something that I want? Because that reflects the person's values. So when I look back at my very first coach, we don't have the same values. So ultimately, the deeper that I got into the program, the more I felt kind of disconnected from not only the content because it was over my head but also like who who she was and what she valued i thought she's a great person but we probably wouldn't hang out more than maybe a cup of coffee because we're just very different she really enjoyed the luxury lifestyle and that's not super not important plan. to me like all i want to do is be a stay at home dog mom and donate to land conservation efforts in my area and get muddy and dirty like i'm not into the luxury so in my yeah. workbook i also have a values checklist and a triggers checklist so Part of the criteria could be, you might really love this coach. You might really love the program, but you have to join their vibe tribe. Maybe that doesn't feel right. Maybe you don't want to be in a tribe with anybody. Maybe you would rather it just be called the community group or something like that. So all those words and buzzwords that people use, those can actually trigger us on some level. So there's a checklist of words that trigger you and maybe things to avoid. It's not like red flags to avoid. Everybody has their own red flags. Uh, income claims were one of mine, because, and, and my old coach was doing that, and that's actually one of the things that brought me in. But for example, when I worked at Athleta, I, I was the manager there, and I would never run up to a customer and say, hey, guess what? We made $47,000 last week. The, the customer would be like, okay, like, that's not going to make them buy more leggings. But in this space, it seems to work. And That's something for me on my list that I make sure that if a person is talking about it, that it's really tastefully done and that they're using nonviolent communication to explain their accomplishments instead of, don't you want to be like me?
0: Approach. Okay, I really am grateful that you have a freebie that breaks down those things in that way. Not just focusing on the values, but also focusing on the triggers, because I think that's I think that's huge. And I'm the same way. Like if you were to look at my account, I don't talk about the money. Why? Because I don't think I've, I've been in retail, so I know exactly what you're saying. I would I wouldn't do the same thing. I wouldn't walk up to someone in Target and say, "Hey, guess what? We just made our ten thousand dollar mark for the hour, and by the way, our doors are closing." in two minutes. So if you don't buy that last, like, I don't speak that. I don't speak like that on my account because I yeah. do that in retail. So I love that you have that because those things are going to help. If I'm hearing you correctly, help remind us that it's okay to do things differently. Even if everywhere we're looking, people are doing it the other way. And we feel almost like, well, am I going to stand out? We're actually saying it's okay. It's okay to stand out, especially if you're going to be standing out from a place that feels good and aligns with what you want to be known for and what you enjoy doing.
1: That's absolutely right. And just because you're taking your time and hanging back doesn't mean that you're not a leader. There's actually this concept and it's called the concept of the second moving pioneer. And what that is, is that when you have a pioneering attitude, in order to even develop a viewpoint, you have to hold back at first. To, to kind of watch and see what's happening. Tech mm-hmm. companies do this all the time. There's a pioneer and then there's another tech company who lingers back and they watch and then they make a second move and it's way, way bigger of an arc than the first moving pioneer. So oftentimes we're told in the captions and in the rhetoric that we have to act now or we're not showing up for ourselves or that our bank accounts are a direct reflection of how we feel about ourselves those things are not true. You can be a pioneer and hold back and develop a vision. And if your bank account isn't where you want it to be, it's not because you don't love yourself. It's because life happens. Don't spend your last $200 on an Instagram coach. Instead, get a library card. Like there's yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah.
0: Agreed. Agreed. No, you're, you're speaking, <laughs> speaking the right language. I get it. Let's wrap up with your third tip, which I think is really another key point that we should be considering when choosing that right online coach. And it's around considering your learning style and your true needs. Can you break that down a little bit more?
1: Yes, absolutely. So in the example I used previously, I had hired someone who taught in the auditory learning style. So that meant that she just talked directly to the camera and there were no captions or transcripts and the workbook was left something to be desired. So for me, I'm a reading and writing learner. It was hard for me to learn in that manner. And I realized that I need a presentation that has words or there needs to be a caption or the workbook needs to be something with new prompts because so often we see the same kinds of prompts. So if you're a kinesthetic learner, what does that mean? How could you succeed in an online class if you need to be doing hands-on stuff? That could look like your coach offering co-working sessions or maybe if you don't come to four out of five co-working sessions, then you have to have a coaching call and reconsider why you're even really in the program because you're not doing the kinesthetic work. So that accountability piece What do you need in terms of accountability? Perhaps you're a person who needs the auditory. Like I love to listen to podcasts when I'm driving. So maybe the information needs to be available in two ways. Instead of just the Canva presentation and and the speaking and maybe a workbook, you offer a only auditory option because I know some people get distracted when they have this screen in front of them and it's easier for them to passively absorb information And so most of the people that I surveyed in my market research said that they were a visual learner. And when I asked them what that meant, everybody had a different answer. Some people said, oh, well, I'm a visual learner because I need to read things and I read them with my eyes. But to me, that's a reading and writing learner. So to have a really good concept of how you learn best and also adults learn differently than children. Uh, Way differently. Adults need a lot of stimulus. So you want to make sure that you can ask questions to your potential coach. And even if you're buying an online course, it was created by someone who considers themselves a coach or an educator in some way. So it's okay to ask them questions. I know with the last couple of workshops and things I signed up for, I really reached out to the person. You know, even though they weren't my one on one coach per se, I'm about to spend money on something they created. And I asked them, hey, do you have. What do your canvas slides look like? Like, Can you send me an example of one? Is there going to be a transcript? Just to make sure that I would be able to learn in that setting. And since I've been doing that, it's been extremely helpful and pivotal in my growth as a person.
0: Hands down. I mean, there are so many key things that I hope that my listeners picked up on is one that you surveyed your audience to have a good understanding of what they wanted. And then you also had to play a little bit of, really understanding, okay, well, if I'm saying I want this, how could you incorporate that in a way that was able to speak to all the things that were coming up? The other pieces, just do a blank. My podcast recorder will be able to take that part out. Let me regroup.
1: It's okay to ask your coach questions about what they're creating and about if they can deliver information differently as well, because somebody may not have the recorded transcript, but if you say, hey, are you able to provide me with a recorded transcript? Could you just record it really quick and like send it to me on WhatsApp or something? Most people are really open-minded and will say yes. So if if you're not getting what you need and you want to take the course, you can ask the person if they could, you know, do a special favor for you to create something because I doubt you're the only one who needs that resource since everyone does learn so differently.
0: Agreed. And that was what I was going to say. Like, Don't be afraid to ask additional questions because I would honestly say, I think now in 2021, people are more open that the more that you are asking the questions, the more that that coach is potentially going to say, oh yeah, I can do that for you or no, I'm not going to do that. So don't assume just because it's not on the sales page that they don't provide it. Ask the questions. But everything that Megan is sharing with us is don't feel the need to rush and then make sure you set the criteria for you on what you want to get into. So that way you're able to make the best best decision based off your learning style and your true needs. And Megan, you actually shared this freebie that you have that really allows your audience to set the criteria, also be able to define their values and their triggers. Will we be able to have access to that for our listeners?
1: Yes. The website is thecoachadvisor.com and you can go there and just put in your name and email and the free guide is sent to you right away. It's actually a fillable PDF and it includes five coaching assessment forms at the back of the free guide. So you can find Instagram coaches that you like and plug in their name and stuff and it's fillable on your computer so you don't have to print it out. And it has a glossary of terms if you're unfamiliar with anything that I talk about at the beginning of the free guide.
0: Love that, and I think this is actually another good segue. I think you have something that you're cooking up that's going to be launching soon.
1: Indeed, I am launching online coach advisor, which is going to be a well, it is a three module class that's going to help you learn how to choose the right online coach. But we go deeper. One reason that a lot of people are having trouble finding the right coach or the right program or online course is because not everyone is able to clearly articulate point B. We know point A isn't where we want to be, but we're unable to really clearly define point B. And this is different than having clarity. So the first module, we go over vision mapping, make a five-year vision map. And this is for reading and writing learners, auditory learners, and kinesthetic because there are journal exercises and you have to draw out this vision map. The second module focuses on collecting information. And learning how to interview coaches. Coaches, some of them are highly trained salespeople and they know how to handle your objections. And the average consumer, even if you're an experienced business person, isn't prepared for those types of conversations. So we'll be getting your financial boundary statements in order and making a plan for if things go really well and another plan for if things don't go so well and how to navigate those types of conversations. And then the third portion is evaluating the information, evaluating the data, and taking your time. And I also offer some accountability options where I can check in with you like every other week while you're looking for a new coach. And I'll even sign a confidentiality agreement so that you know I'm not going to share elements of your program that you're working so hard on behind the scenes. So that's going to be launching in mid-March and it's really for women who feel like they can't stop working and who feel creatively stuck and like they're not living up to their potential and they know a coach or mentor could help but they're just feeling really overwhelmed with everything they already have going on so it's a moment to kind of slow down and recollect yourself and decide What's the best move for the future? And there's gonna be a fun giveaway if you join the wait list. So check out my Instagram to see what the details are for that.
0: Megan, I honestly am so grateful because as you were breaking that down, it's very clear what your values are. So I love the fact that you have that confidentiality agreement that you would have your students sign. So thank you for sharing that because I think that's key for people to know that you are definitely someone that is really big on trust and really big on making people feel comfortable. So every link that Megan just shared will be in the show notes. By the time you're listening to this, you should be signing up uh, for this program, the Online Coach Advisor. And with that said, Megan, it's been such a pleasure having you on this show. We are so grateful to learn more of all this goodness from you so that way we can truly ensure for new business owners and existing business owners that you are making the right decision when choosing your next coach.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me and helping me get the word out because it does take some tenacity to try again. But taking that time for yourself to really envision what it is that you will be doing in five years, whether that's in business or personal life, that step is pivotal. And so I just encourage everyone to keep trying and keep at it because time will pass anyway. Time will pass anyway. So you may as well work on that dream project and really bring your vision to this world because we need you. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much, Megan. We appreciate you. Bye for now. Bye for now.
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, here's what I want you to do take a quick screenshot of you listening to the Corporate Side Hustler podcast and upload the image to your Instagram stories and tag me in it at the Corporate Side Hustler. I would love to hear from you and connect with you on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you the same time next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now.